Hello, this is Agoro, host of the Agoro Show, and you are listening to the Steve and Crypto Show. So keep your ears open and your mouth shut, shut. Hey, welcome to the Steven Crypto Show presented by thestevestrout.com. I'm Steve. I'm Crypto Zoo. And you know, I got to give you a rhyme for this week. I know you would just hate if I didn't give you a rhyme for episode 48. All right. I'll take that. Forget that yeah. Okay. That works. That works. Um, so that's 48 episodes that you guys have been coming back listening to us. I'm starting to think that you really like us. And if you do, if I'm correct in my assumption, maybe you would like to uh, visit our Buy Me a Coffee page at buymeacoffee.com slash stevecrypto, where you could go and support the show by buying us a coffee. It's basically like a tipping system. And it all helps the show. It helps us upgrade it helps us try to advertise it helps us in every aspect of growing this show and every little bit helps every little bit counts and every little bit is appreciated so Steve, um, you pretty much just summed up everything there when it comes to buying me a coffee so i'll just up. throw in that I, I you did but i'll throw in uh, a big thank you to everyone who has contributed so far and to all of our future contributors thank you in advance we appreciate it so um, last episode we had a couple uh many guests coming on to promote what they are what they're working on we had uh Jax from the Hair for the Booze podcast is B-O-O-S, not B-O-O-Z-E, but there is some B-O-O-Z-E involved sometimes. But um, yeah, she has a great show. She talks about all things horror and her collection, her collectibles, and, and uh, go find her on Instagram. If you go back to the last episode description, there is a link to her show, I believe. We might have put one to Instagram. I don't remember. That was a week ago. Is such a long time, especially when you're old like me. But um, yeah, go follow her. Check out her her awesome like record collection. She has a sick collection of horror uh, soundtracks that I'm very impressed with. Our other guest was is was James Taylor, who is the man behind the Grit City Comic Show, formerly known as the jet city comic show which actually it is monday and the show just happened saturday and i spoke to him a little bit yesterday and he told me that it went really well everybody was safe everybody had a good time all the vendors and dealers and artists and everybody was happy with the turnout and how they did selling their stuff and um, it was good so i'm kind of bummed that we missed it but we had a great conversation with, we recorded a great interview with this week's guest, which we'll get to in a little bit. And you guys will dig it, especially if you're a fan of the Creepshow series on Shudder. Uh, we have one of the writers 
we've written episodes and all three seasons so far. A gentleman named Stephen Langford who's got to tell us about his whole long career in uh, writing yeah. TV shows and stuff. Like he's been around and done a lot of a lot of stuff, man. Like hell of a long resume. Quite um, a resume. Quite yeah. a resume. Yeah, all in all different genres too. You yeah, know, he doesn't sure. just stick to one. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um. So have you been keeping up this week on your Halloween viewing or I know you get a little busy and a little bit. kids and stuff kind of. Yeah, I, I'm trying to watch a movie every week, you know, or at least something Halloween related. I'm sorry, every week, every day. Right. Um, you know, I've been trying to watch something Halloween related every day and, and it hasn't been too hard to do. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of content out there. Yeah. Um, you know, throwing in some like Halloween sitcoms. I always enjoy that. Right, Actually, right. Uh, uh, another little loose connection to our guest today. Last night, I actually watched the uh, the vampire Halloween episode of Family Matters, right? right. Which our, our guest was involved in, and yeah. you know, just for old times' sake, Actually, I caught that. We mentioned that a little bit in the conversation, which you guys got to hear here in a few minutes. Um. Uh, I uh, I think it's kind of funny that you and I coincidentally both watched Trick or Treat last night. We didn't talk about it. We didn't, no, you, no. you know, we didn't ask the other one what you were watching, and that just happened. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so I went through. I, I I've been doing something every day. I'm keeping up on it, doing well. Like sometimes if I'm busy, I'll put something on that I've watched multiple times so that way like yeah i could if if i miss a minute or two here or there it's all right but uh so let's see we went through last week uh it's been what the last how many days (laughs) what are we up to day 10 today be day 11 which i haven't even picked today's movie yet but uh that's it. But last week I watched uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, classic, of course. I watched uh-huh. Bingo Hell on Amazon. It's a, it's pretty interesting. It's got a, oh, what the hell's the actor's name? Uh, Break. Oh, uh, Richard. Richard Break. Yeah, it has him in it, and he plays a good creepy slummy bingo hall owner um it's it's on Pretty amazon now. Or, or yeah yeah role. he does it well it's uh what else did i watch another indie horror comedy i watched one called hawk and rev vampire slayers which i personally found to be hilarious because i am really into silly juvenile humor it's just like comedy and lots of blood and you know just <laughs> you could tell there, there wasn't a huge budget but these guys wrote a lot of good jokes and stuff for the film so i enjoyed it uh, another indie I'll horror that out soon. yes do it do it as i've been in contact with those guys and they want to come hang out on the show so um I watched another indie horror, kind of like a little mini anthology 
called uh, 1031 or October 31, whatever, however they decide they want to call it. But that was pretty good. It's a, uh, it was well-made. The stories were, hmm, you know, they were decent. It wasn't perfect. Of course, you know, what can you expect? Um, it was cool because I had a, a friend of mine, an actress named Jen Nangle, who, uh, is also a horror host by the name of Queen Malvolia, who's really cool. Um, she's another f- friend of the show. We've done stuff like when I did my horror host series on the Steve Strout. I think she might have been the first one that we had on. But um, she'll be visiting us here soon, too. Uh, the next I did, I spent my uh, Halloween viewing with uh the last driving joe bob briggs and i he did his double feature usually that he usually does so i watched that i counted it it counts um he showed angel about a hooker serial killer not a hooker killing people but a serial killer that kills hookers and it was it was good though it was a pretty good movie then he showed terror train that had young jamie lee curtis in it that was interesting i sort of fell asleep towards the end of that one though so i'm gonna have to go back and and watch it on demand on shutter um the classic next movie horror of dracula christopher lee the scariest dracula count dracula hands down and then you mentioned we both watched trick-or-treat last night which is you know it's growing like a cult following you know what I mean? It seems like it's getting bigger every year. It's getting like more popular the older it gets. Yeah, we actually uh, we briefly discussed it. I think on the last episode we were talking to Jax, yeah. <laughs> and just you know talking about how it's kind of hard to believe that movie's 14, 15 years old already. Yeah, what was it like oh seven or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Trick or treat. That was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, you know not. Not every year, um, not every October is is good for Halloween releases. You know they they try, but it seems like the last mm, last ten years or so have been kind of hit or miss. You know, like they either hit us with a bunch of like ghost movies that are uh, I don't want to say PG thirteen in a negative way, but right. you know for a lot of us like the PG thirteen horror films just are a, a little bit of a tease. They don't always cut it. So, they're you know, fun. I know they're trying to, they have their place. There's a few. There's a few that are really good. You know, they're, they're well done. And yes, they do have their place. And I understand that they're trying to attract a younger audience to this type of film, this genre. Um, but, you know, every October, I'm hoping for something really, really good. And it seems like, again, in the last eight ten years it's it's really been kind of iffy when it comes to the spooky season but what i'm getting to is this year is just a treat this october has been pretty good mentioned treats we should uh give a little mention to a new friend of ours a new friend of the show who happens to uh you mentioned you know over time um Things have not been that exciting for for horror releases and stuff in October. 
and you think of like nostalgia the nostalgia of being a kid and and watching scary movies on halloween but um we should mention like i said our new friend and we're talking nostalgia we should talk about uh, our friend uh we have a freaking ice cream truck in our town now which was super yeah, cool. yeah, I bumped into her. Yeah. Um, you actually got ice cream from her. I got I hell yeah, into I got her ice cream from her. <laughs> yeah. Damn right, I got I ice cream. I should have got some her. ice cream. But um I, I was thinking about that Choco Taco. I should have. Yeah, that's what I got, <laughs> man. That it was it was as good as they were as a kid. But um well, let's uh, plug her uh her 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 uh site and stuff here because I mean yeah, not everybody's from here, but maybe somebody out there here and be like, Oh shit, we got an ice cream truck. Let me holler at her. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, we our, our listeners are all over the place, but uh, for anybody that is local, you can look for Northwest Cold Treats LLC on Facebook. And you can find her on there. That's the friendly ice cream lady. And, uh, you know, if you have a little gathering, birthday, a party, and a, you know, an event of some sort, hit her up. And as long as she's able to come and park for 10, 15 minutes, then you and your friends will be able to, you know, take a trip back to being a kid again and go outside and get your ice cream. And then you can do a little dance with it and then it falls and then you're going to cry. You know, they'll probably just pick it back up and kiss it and start eating it. Right. Are you doing the whole Eddie Murphy bit now? But but, yeah, she's cool, man. She's, she seems like a really nice lady. She's cool. Um, Yeah. It's good to see it. Like, I want to know if anybody else listening has still has ice cream trucks in their neighborhood. Cause that's the shit. You know what I mean? She's a cool, she's a cool ice cream lady. She's not creepy like fucking the Clint Howard ice cream man or anything. But uh <laughs> yeah, um, but you did mention um not a lot of stuff coming out this month normally, but that changes this year because we got some good fucking shit coming out, especially this, this week, um, later on in the week, later on in the week is the day of the dead series launching, I believe on the 15th, the same day as Halloween kills. I think the day of the dead is going to be on sci-fi. I believe it's supposed to be like an homage to the, the, the George A. Romero film from the eighties. That comes out on the 15th. Halloween Kills on the 15th. And I know you're really, really excited about uh, earlier this week, early in this week, the Chucky series. That's right. Yeah, actually, uh, we are recording this on Monday the 11th. And so by the you into this, the Chucky series or episode one should be out. And the Scream 5 trailer should be out as well, because I believe that comes out tomorrow. So you have two things to look forward to tomorrow, and then you got two things to look forward to on Friday. And Chucky and Halloween stuff coming out. I'm calling it Scream 5, okay? You can, you know, I know it's the Scream trailer, but I'm calling it Scream 5. That's what it is. Yeah. So... Yeah, you can check that out tomorrow. You can watch Chucky, and then Friday, Peacock is going to crash when everybody watches Halloween Kills Friday night. But make sure um, you are 
Dress to Kill. Yeah, I see that. Oh. By visiting our friends at Fright Rags. Somebody here has been hanging out with the creep, uh, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Getting all them good puns. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, Steve, why don't you tell us about our good friends at Fright Rags? Well, they are actually restocking their their uh, popular Chucky design just in time for the premiere that's dropping when you listen to this it'll have dropped yesterday <laughs> but you can get on there and order it now and there's other exciting stuff they're bringing back this week too that's right they're bringing back Halloween reprints including lounge pants and their Haddonfield Heritage hat you know you're going to get that I mean it may not arrive at your house by the time Halloween Kills comes out on Friday I mean that's you know a slim chance but you could have it for when you watch it again when you invite your friends to come over and have a little sleepover party or whatever and you know everybody can wear your your horror pajamas as I'm sure all of your friends wear horror pajamas right yeah of course of course yeah we all do. I was going to say I'd be wearing horror pajamas right now, but I'm not even wearing pants. Just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. That's that's almost that's kind of like horror pajamas right there, isn't it? But yeah. anyway, let's get back on track here. Fright Rag has been bringing you the best in horror apparel and accessories since 2003, offering a wide range of products for your favorite creature features, slasher flicks, and cult classics. Their collections include John Carpenter's Halloween, Universal Monsters, Night of the Living Dead, Creep Show, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes, Twin Peaks, Evil Dead, and so many more. All officially licensed and available soon or right now at fright-rags.com. Steve and Crypto Show listeners get 10% off whether you use code CRYPTO10, one word, CRYPTO10 at checkout. So please go to Fright Rags right now. Go get you some of them lounge pants, get the Hanfield Heritage hat, get it all. Yeah. Get it all and use the discount. Crypto10 is the code. Um, if you want to check out these designs before they launch, uh, head over to Fright Rags on their Instagram. Because they, they post previews of all the, the stuff they put out. and Give them a follow yeah. so you can keep up on all the latest stuff too. We'll We'll let you know. We'll let you know, but keep up with them too. Um, and and as these these Halloween releases are reprints, you know that basically tells you that you never know what they're going to put back out. So while you're on Instagram, you can scroll, you know, into the, in the, the archives. Yeah. Right, stay in the loop. Look at some of the the old, you know, releases that they put out, and say, all right, they might put this out again. So I'm just going to keep an eye but, on them. You never know. But don't wait. If you have a chance to get it, get it now. You see something you like, get it, because the stuff usually does sell out. They do bring it back every once in a while. Like in this case, they're bringing it back to coincide with the show and film releases and everything. But yeah, man, fright-rags.com. Those are our friends. We love those guys. They love us. We'll save you a couple bucks at checkout. It's all about saving money. Then you can use that couple bucks and Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Steve Crypto. <laughs> I throw it in there. But um, hey, let's get to our guest of honor this week. We have a writer, 
a screenwriter named Stephen Langford, and he has written, like I said, a few uh, creep show episodes. So yeah, let's uh, let's chat with him. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. This is Dirk Manning, the writer and creator of comic book series such as Twisted Haunted High on Tales of Mystery, Nightmare World, Bare But Not Dead, Butts and Seeds of Johnny Shivani's Story, Hope, and a ton of other stuff. And I just want to let you all know that I am super excited for you because right now you have the distinct pleasure and honor of listening to the Stephen Crypto show. So I'm going to get out of here so you can listen to the show and uh, have fun because this is just some of the best podcast discussion you're going to hear on the internet. So go listen, enjoy. Hey, we are on the Stephen Crypto show. This uh, special guests. We have a writer, producer, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe you've done a little acting too. No directing. Directing. Yeah. Okay. Writer, director, producer, Stephen Langford. He's um right now he's currently one of the writers on the Creep Show series, which is why we invited him on because you know me Stephen Crypto love the the creepy stuff and we love the horror and all that good stuff. But um his career spans uh back into my childhood like he he had a part he had credits in like family matters which is one of the shows we grew up on uh tiny tunes another show later probably more towards crypto's childhood but um, definitely just everything he he's worked on the show you name it uh we're excited to talk to him especially about creep show like i said it's the it's one of the best shows on tv right now i think personally thank you but uh Hey, yeah. thank you for joining us. How how is your weekend going? How are you doing? So the I saw the Doobie Brothers last night. Oh, whoa, nice. nice. They were in, they were at the forum, and uh, uh, it was funny. So my wife said, "Well, we got free tickets to go, to go see the Doobie Brothers," and I was going, and I'm terrible with uh, the bands, and I was going, "Well, wait a minute. I know the name. I know the singer, but I can't remember what <laughs> I couldn't say what the songs were." And then when they did their act, they did a lot of the songs that you wouldn't necessarily know. So I was uh, like that kind of panicking, like, oh, wait a minute. You know, maybe I don't know any of their songs. But then they get to the last third and they just blow the house down with all every hit they did. And it was great. That's when a band's like, oh, they played that? They played that song? Like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> so what's, I it? what's the song? Who yeah. saw? <laughs> That's them? Okay. That's yeah. them. Yeah, weird. it is funny because you go, yeah, sometimes you just know the music yeah. and don't necessarily know who it is you still yeah. i love this song but you don't they're not always as identified as you know other groups right I, I was kept... it just the db brothers was it just them by themselves it was um mike mcdonald tom johnston um i can't i mean i i i, I did not i'm not a, an expert in the doobie brothers but <laughs> I, um, a lot of them were there, you know, right. they yeah. were pretty good reunion basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've been touring back to tour. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, um, I've been hearing ads on the radio for their tour and they play clips of all these songs. And I, like you said, I didn't know, I couldn't have told you a Doobie Brothers song, but then they played all these clips and I was like, Oh, I love that song. I know that. Yeah. One. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, but that's good. Cool. Cool. Like, I got free tickets. My friend got them, and I don't want to say I'm really confused. You know that like I don't know what I'm hearing. It's a good band, but and you start hearing hints of like certain, you know, licks and things. You go, well, that seems familiar. Let's say that style they're playing is like going. That's familiar. This voice is familiar to me. But I was like going. It wasn't until he did like okay, they went to the the, the seven or eight big hits. You go, oh wow, okay. <laughs> I do know this band. <laughs> I, do, I know it really, really well. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully you um, didn't have too much fun last night and you're you're feeling all right no i'm fine i'm fine you know (laughs) that it was it was just uh funny because the uh you know there was a couple next to us um and we were like on the floor um we were on the floor and they kept they kept getting up and getting these drinks and it was not this is not cheap you know like a beer for 15 bucks you know in a cup and they must have gone up seven, eight times. But like it's going back and forth. Like, That's okay. crazy. It's an expensive <laughs> hangover. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was like uh you kind of gotta like go to a concert nowadays, you kind of gotta have like a, a tailgate party, like a football game. <laughs> yeah, well, this is well, this is inside the forum, so you can't yeah. do that. Right, you're, right. You were inside, but it was like uh we got there and said forty five dollars for parking. Oh <laughs> Wow, that made up for the free ticket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's exactly what happened. So yeah. well, every once in a while, you got to splurge and get out and have a good time. Though, yeah, it was so. good. It was good. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole the crowd, the big crowd factor, kind of still sketches me out a little bit. But yeah, gotta... I mean, uh, it, most people were wearing were, were wearing masks, um, and. Um, Virus has gotten kind of low in LA County. It's, it's been staying pretty low. Yeah. So that that's been you know uh, the saving grace. But I was really like, there's a high there's a lot of virus that would have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I, I just imagine being at the concert and everybody with the mask and having a muffled like a big muffled sing along. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's basically what happened. Yeah. So. Oh man, but um. That's good. It sounded like you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, the good the good part about that whole idea is that you can have that mask on. You might not remember all the words, but you can just kind of like hum the tune yeah, or whatever. Yeah, basically, yeah. that's good enough. Good <laughs> enough. <laughs> Close enough. So, um, before we dig into the main reason we wanted to chat, creep show. Um, you, let's hear a little bit about the background. How did you get started in the whole in showbiz? Well. Um, I was a, um, I was the kid who made films, Super 8 films back when there was Super 8, um, when I was 14 and, uh, what kind of started me was strangely enough was Star Trek. Um, I had gotten into it when it went into reruns and there were books about, and I was reading this book on the making of it and I was reading about Roddenberry writing the pilot, writing the outline. And I remember looking at the outline, going, wait a minute, I, I could do that. Just like, I just, I just said I could do that. So I started doing it. And, you know, I was writing 100 page screenplays when I was 15, which of course made my parents go, what's going on here? <laughs> this is a little strange. This is not like, you know, so I, I was just into it. And um, by the time I went to high school, 
I was always someone who could figure out a way to position myself um, because I had no connection to the business whatsoever. So I, they had internships in Boston, I mean, in Massachusetts. And I found out the Massachusetts Film Bureau, which basically catered to the film companies coming in to shoot, had a internship. So I got an internship on, on there on, uh, and they got, I got to go to set when I was like, you know, 17 or something like that. And the first set I was always, always on coma with, um, uh, Michael Douglas starring in it and Michael Crichton directing it. So then the, this, the location manager said, do you do PA work? <laughs> I never done it. And I said, sure. So <laughs> what's that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And, and so, cause I saw them was, I was, I'm looking to watch everything's going on, of course. And they said, and then she calls me up and I'm in Emerson college at the time. So we're doing eight days of the secret love story, Oliver's story. And I was like, um, great. Um, and, uh, and I worked on the film and it, it's where the, my first kind of like, am I really here kind of a thing, this sort of an out of the body thing where uh, Ryan O'Neill is up a hill in his car. He's supposed to drive down, hit a mark. And I'm supposed to, you know, radio that he's hit the mark or whatever to the AD. And I'm sitting there and the car comes down. They yell cut. And then Ryan O'Neill says to me, well, why, don't you get, why don't you get in? We'll go back up. And I'm sitting there going, okay, now it's Ryan O'Neill. Not not a big as big a deal today, but this is like after Barry Lyndon, and you know, uh, this is like, okay, I'm riding in a car with a movie star. And I'm a high school student. What the fuck's going on here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like that was my first one. I was like, this is just strange, just strange. It was like, wow, okay. Uh, and you also you learn the politics of the business, the set, really very quickly. You know, be very careful what you say and all that kind of stuff. So I went to, I stayed at Emerson. I did a lot. I worked on a lot of movies. And then uh, uh, during college, um, the best being The Verdict with Paul Newman. That was the best one. And then uh, um, uh, I came out. A friend of mine got me an assistant job on a show called Silver Spoon. So I was ensconced at Universal. And... Um, uh, one memory of that was that the, the Buck Rogers mock-up was sitting above my my office for years. There's a plywood mock-up of this Buck Rogers spaceship. And I remember the day they plowed it away. This thing that must be what it would, what would have been worth, you know, God knows how much money today. Oh, yeah. they, they, plowed, they plowed it out. They, got, they needed a parking space. But um, so I worked there and working on the show. Uh, as a writer, eventually, I also had done um, that the summer, I can't remember which summer it was, but that's when I did Ewoks with Paul. I wrote an episode of Ewoks. It's my first script, my first produced film. Yeah, so um, that was cool. He was he was working up in at Lucasfilm, so he gave me my first break. Um, so, and then I did a bunch of sitcoms, and then I worked on a staff on at, at Silver Spoons, and, and then went through a number of different shows uh, one had matthew perry on him uh, before he was a big deal but you kind of knew matthew perry from friends um and uh you know he was going to be a big deal you could just tell you at age 18 he was you know he had the, the stuff so um i did 
most of that, uh, I did, you know, Family Matters, of course, that was the big one. Um, and, but the really well Family Matters, Family Matters working at Warner Brothers was what you were around. You see Bat, Batman being filmed. You, I mean, it's like you, you go, you, you walk in, a, you walk on a soundstage, you find the Batmobile just sitting there. You could sit in it, just sitting there. Wow. And then, awesome. and then ER was next to us. And I had the strange things that uh, they came in next to our soundstage and then George Clooney would come in. He was just a working actor. He goes, hey, who are you? And I said, I'm Steve. I'm George, he says. Oh, glad I welcome to the lot, I just said. So every morning, it was like, hey, Steve. Hey, George. How you doing? You know? <laughs> and then, you know, later when he's, when he's Batman, he's just like hanging out with my family. And I think my daughter pissed on his face. On the costume, I don't remember. But it was, <laughs> it was yeah, I think a lot of us were not fond of, of yeah, uh, well, the yeah. costume, anyways. And, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I I know uh, Joe. I I worked on one of Joel Schumacher's movies. He's a nice guy, but I I remember we went out to see. We played hooky from Family Matters. So I had to go see the Batman, which Batman, the first, whichever one that was, Batman and Robin, I think. I'm not sure. Um, but I remember feeling, watching the movie, going, saying to myself, you know, I wouldn't, I think I'd rather be in the writer's room right now. Because it was just like, just, <laughs> oh, that one just was, <sighs> wow. Uh, yeah. I, I got to say, as a kid, you know, when, when I was little, I loved those Schumacher films, like, uh, you know, those were my favorites of the vampires or of the uh, the Batman series. Right. But as you get older, you start like becoming more and more familiar with you know the character yeah. and the vibe, the vibe of the whole you know line itself, and you know those are still fun. But I I, I think I uh, I started getting interest in like just the darker side of comics. You know, as I got yeah, older. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so that was part of the fun, you know. I mean, uh, you know, we had Hook, I saw Hook being filmed. Uh, I mean, a lot of film history going on. Dracula and Coppola was there, and Spielberg was there, and so that was all kind of going on around. Um, meanwhile, I was doing the show. It was quite because you know, we were also at the Sony lot at one point. So it was, it was kind of it was it was cool being around all of it, and I just kept working. But ultimately, the thing I you know the ironic thing was I wasn't really doing the thing that I'd set out to do, which was science fiction and horror, you know, that I really hadn't, that really hadn't uh, happened. I'd gone off and made a movie and that where I made this movie and this distributor picked it up. The distributor happened to have the rights to creep show. And so um, Robert Duddleson uh, and Jim Duddleson, the brothers, and I became fast friends with them over the years and we and robert and i started, did a company where we made like low budget independent films um basically films that were filling needs for different distributors and um one big one point he finally got to set up the deal you know for creep show and uh i said so uh he wanted me to pitch to it and he says well you, you need to send something in today Right. And so Paul and I got together. We, we, we batted out like about eight ideas. And um, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but we're over this place. I mean, we, we built these things out. And 
So, uh, I mean, we're, I'm in Burbank, we're in Burbank at the time and we emailed them to the executive producers and I get in my car and I drive up, up to um, the freeway. Now, before I get, I'm on the, on the ramp up and the executive producer called me and goes, oh my God, these are great. We're going to send them to blah blah Okay, good. And then I'm driving halfway home to Tarzana. I get another call. Uh, so-and-so loves them too. We're sending them to the showrunner, sending to Greg Nicotero. And then I get to the off-ramp at Reseda and the phone rings again. It's, and they said, oh, we're buying two. All in the space of like 15, 20 minutes. That happened fast, fast yeah. And ironically, the, the two, two in that, that initial list were made. Skin Crawlers and Right Stuff were in the, the first list of stories. Wow, that's cool. Um, not to circle back too far, but you mentioned uh, Paul Denny, who's known for you know, the, the Batman animated series and everything. How did the, the relationship with him, I know you worked with him a lot. How did that happen? We went to, we went to college together. Oh, okay. okay. We, were, we, were, we were roommates in college. Nice. Um, yeah, we were in some college um, in uh, Cambridge. We were in Cambridge, and we had, uh, um, and uh, he left for LA before I did, and then um, we, you know, briefly did stuff together. But then the half hour thing just for me just kept taking off, and that was just like, you know. Um, so, I just, so we, so, but of course, we were all, always hanging out together. You know, we, we, we had for many, many years. So I've known Paul for forever. Right. Nice. Um, so you, you have uh, a lot of stuff you worked on leading up to Creep Show was kind of leaned more towards comedy, maybe a little dramatic. Um, how, how do you, how does your writing process differ between writing? comedy and writing like horror stuff in sci-fi like on creep show well yeah i mean the 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 comedy stuff you kind of look for what i call a comic engine of why something is funny you know what is that thing that's going to give you spit jokes out and gags out you know you take a um you know it's like it's it's uh uh it's an older film. Everyone's seen some like it hot. Or I'm going to say Tootsie. Tootsie's a better example of okay, a guy wants to be an actor, can't can't get the part, dresses up as a woman, to and gets the part, and now acting in a soap opera. So then all these organic comedic bits happen. You know, it's like if you're dressed as a woman, but you fall in love with your female co-star. How does that work out? You know. You know? So it's, so so that's kind of like you're looking at it or, or that's the best way comedy works when it's like it's 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 you you've positioned the pieces best uh, in a way that they uh, uh, they keep giving you gifts comedic gifts um, with um, with horror well it's like if you, you know the three that we did had three kind of intents to them. You know, I mean, it's and they all and they all just ran how they came about ran sort of ran. Well, the skin crawlers came about uh, because Paul had been had been an adventurer in, in the day. He would go to places like Indonesia. He'd go to places I would never go, but he'd go to the jungles and swamps. And, you know, and he had come 
wading through some swamp or something, and he came out and he found little bites on his his arms. And what the, what struck him then was he said, "I know what they took out, but what did they put in?" And that became when the subject. He always had thought about that all the time. And then when this movie came to Creep Show, I said, "Oh, that's that's, that's great." And and Skin Crawlers was more. Uh, the right snuff was one of the ones that just literally popped in my head. It's like boom, I'm writing, and this just came out. Don't know where it came from, you know, but. It became <clears throat> the process there uh, was uh, figuring out uh, what was driving. Mean, get this was a case where we're going. Okay, now we really have to know what um, is driving um, what's driving him to be to go off the deep end in that story, and. The reference point was actually Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon. There was some stuff about how his father was pushing him to be the first man on the moon at the time it was announced, and he was kind of interfering, and he was this big general. And, and he said, oh, and then I remember the, the Buzz Aldrin had some sort of breakdown after he returned. They go, okay, well, that's interesting. Father, this is father pressure. That's, that's we'll utilize that. So we, but sometimes we'll just take pieces of things that we've, you know, heard about or, you know, uh, read about and, and expound on them real. Oh yeah. This, that really helps, you know, and, and I also felt that it's a old way. It's its own Easter egg, a Stephen King Easter egg in that sense of, of, of the really damaged person, the, 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 the person that becomes the monster because they're damaged, you know, not that they set out to be a, a monster, but they were damaged somewhere along the way that became one. Um, you know, so, I think our process is we try to find, you know, what's the, we do try to have the deeper meaning in things. And, uh, and also I think there was a kind of uh, collective, yeah, we really like to do a twilight zone, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is like, yeah, this can be, this is the thing. So you could watch that episode. You could hear Rod Serling at the end, you know, <laughs> talking. And that was like very cool. And it was, it was also for me, I, I've always been into science fiction, space science fiction. And it was like, for me at this point, it was like, oh my God, it finally happened. You know, moment. Um, and um, so that was, that was terrific. But, uh, and then, you know, the, the course of the process, you know, we're developing, we develop these stories with Greg and it's like a, it's kind of like a, like writing horror is jazz, you know, it's just sort of the three of us talking and referencing and, and the thing is, it's just all shorthand because, you know, like Greg might say, you know, that scene in Aliens. Oh, yeah. Da, da, da. It's like we all know what we're talking about because some we use these references as solutions to problems of like, you know, it's like, oh, how did they? And it may be simply a, a blocking thing or something as simple, something mundane. But we'll use these go to these references like that. But it's fun because it's like we all know them and we go in and they were like, we'll be like on screen and Greg's popping up pictures of, hey, look at this. Remember this thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of look. And um, um, and then, of course, after, you know, we were done, he began adding his own um, tones. And, and, but things that I'm going, I, like there was a whole Andromeda stream feel to the set, which was like, which I've seen the movie like 10 times. I go, oh, yeah, 
great. And that's, that's the thing you realize that collectively the three of us have seen all these things multiple, multiple times. Right. right. You see that a lot in, you see that a lot in, in the creep show episodes too. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're very, uh, they're all very influenced. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it was, a, there's, there's, uh, I mean, with ours, I mean, I can speak to our the three. It's like, you know, yeah, I would say that the first one was really like, yeah, let's do what creep show the movie kind of as close to that feel as that we can think of story. And, um, then it was sort of like right stuff was a lot of things it was a lot of like hey we love 2001 stuff and drama strain and but 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 again at the core of it is the emotional thing what's wrong with this character um and then uh the episode that i have a hardest thing type uh pronouncing the last subaraya i believe yeah um <laughs> well that one was the process on that was was um, quite interesting. I'm, I'm looking down because I I, I I needed some information to see what uh, you see here. I believe. Well, Paul was obsessed with this. <laughs> He gets he gets obsessed. He goes full bore into something. He knows like all oh, the books. The Japanese are Japanese horror artist in the eighteenth century. I think the name was Yoshitoshi. Um, that's what I have written down here. Um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but he was just and he write these horrifying. He'd make these horrifying paintings, and they became quite popular. And so he knew a lot about them. And we were like. He was going, go on and go on and go on. And, but we'd also was in that case, we're going, oh, you know, we, we had always toyed with the character of the car, the narcissist. Yeah, really. Um, and then the other factor was, again, the rules that were there. We want to do the narcissist, um, the wealthy narcissist, but we also felt, well, this time we want to go, okay, uh, this time we want to scare the audience. We want the audience to really see some stuff. Oh shit! Oh, that's creepy. You know? I mean, that that really was sort of like uh, we said. Yeah, this time we want to have. I mean, we grossed throughout the first time, um, and um, hopefully, make people really like think hard in the second one. But this one, we wanted to really scare you, but also we wanted to drill down on this character. And I think we that we really drilled down. And it was just like we just are going. Well, let's let's just keep making him worse by telling us his truth, and he's completely telling his truth, and it's horrible of what he what he delights in. So I remember someone on on the um, Twitter posted. I just want they posted his picture and they said, "I hate this guy. I'm hoping he dies." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so, the horror genre is so good at doing that for us, huh? Well, yeah, this was kind of like what well, we're going. Let's not let's double and triple down because it's like this isn't a guy that's like this because his parents did something to him. He likes being like this. He embraces being like this. And so um, there's a lot of 
uh, I mean, the, the, the trick for us is, is to deal with horror on multiple layers where you're doing a human story, um, you're making a point, you're scaring in this, especially in this case. And that was, that was fun. That, that, that was, you know, that was the, the, the fun thing was figuring out well, where, how does the scare work? You know, how does this, you know, um, I think we probably, I don't know. I, I think we, whereas the rice not probably had the most Easter eggs you wrote in. I think, I, I think we were so concentrated on the script. I don't know if we got that many in this one. The director may have, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I wanted to ask about the paintings in the last Subaraya. So, um, did did you guys collect them from different artists? Do they have just one artist that created well, them for the show? There's so many artists that work on the show. Uh, there's no shortage of who you know who did it. There's no shortage of people that could do it. Um, but it's um, it, it's uh, 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 you know that's that's um, that was because again what we the, the exciting thing for us was okay. We know this is a Japanese-centric horror story because of the source. So all we can do as writers is say, the creature does this, the creature does that. The creature is on the ceiling ready to jump down. You know, all the, you know, you, you run out the door and there's the creature. So we were like kind of, and figure the logic of, you know, it's sort of like figuring out the, the logic of the xenomorph and the alien. You got to figure out the logic of how does... What's the per, what's the what are the principles of this creature? And that's one of the things in the story when you realize, oh, I can kill it, you know, that gives you that nice bend, like, oh, okay, he's fighting back now. But I think the ironic thing is you go, this guy you hate is now playing the hero role. So, but you're going, it just gets your going like, whoa, what's going on here? This guy, this is I, this is like I, I want to see this battle, but do I really want him to win? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and you don't. So that's why it sort of, it, it's just so many, we were able to get a lot of misleads in there, which I was very happy about. But I, I will all say in all three cases, without question, the feeling of seeing these things that you were typing, that we were just figuring, you know, figuring out at lunch somewhere. And them coming to this kind of reality that, that Greg uh, and his team put together, it's like a miracle for us. And it's, 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 it's frankly, like I would say, in my career, probably the most shocking, kind of like, whoa, right. that, you, that is there permanently. In, <laughs> yeah, you can imagine it almost goes beyond what you're envisioning, too, when you're writing it. Oh, spot on. Yeah. Yes, that's spot on. I, I, you know, I, when, I, when we, we did Skin Crawlers, I remember we were typing the, the the finale, and I remember feeling like I'm a naughty little boy. I feel like I feel like I'm just doing really <laughs> naughty, bad, bad things. And then I was going, and I went to set. I saw them setting. I saw a little bit of it, but I was sitting here going, I still can, I still can't in my my head imagine what this is going to be like. Because in their own way, what they're what they're doing is uh, some of them. You're, they're, you write that script, but then they're and all everybody else is sort of writing on the writing on the film in a way. You know, there's right. little details of like that. Oh, I, I the director put in that 
that supports the yeah it's like their interpretation with their art it's layers and layers and layers and layers and you get so many more layers in a horror thing that uh it a horror piece that it's like it's a it's it's really mind-blowing every time because you can imagine it and i would say uh we imagined last uriah very close to what you saw but still the you, you go whoa damn that's like that's like that's crazy has there been an instance where where you wrote something and then you see it on screen and be like i wrote that like that's like that yes that that's, yeah. that's that's um well you know what's funny was i was watching this documentary about, about paul mccartney and he was going with this record producer and they were going over the beatles music and he did say at one point there were times you're like oh he says those guys are pretty good yeah you do get that point of where you go when it's especially with distance and time um and you do with distance and time you know you're not as aware of the the work you did because you're off to something else other project but you know it's like you do at uh, you do often go who wrote that how that happened yeah i think that's 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 probably pretty common I think oftentimes act actors do the exact exact opposite because they're so precise in what they have to do. They see things later on. A lot of them don't want to, don't don't watch through stuff. They treat it they treat it more like well you know I'm 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 a cobbler making a shoe and I made the shoe and the shoe's done and off I go. In the movie business, we're used to well and you know. A lot of films have the the happy ending. You know, they they you have the action and then they tie it up with a bow and everything's good at the end. In horror, sometimes we get that, you know, there's the hint that they might come back again, you know, for a scare down the road or whatever. But I've noticed in Creep Show, there really is no happy ending. Like almost every episode, you know, has that no, that no. yeah. That it's like uh, so do you enjoy say, writing that way? You enjoy that not having to like make everything nice and pretty at the end? Yeah, well, that's a, you know that's where you're going. You know you're going. You're, you're, you you know that's where you're going. You know the the um, uh, the closest to a happy ending was Skin Crawlers for our main character because he didn't die. Right. But still, you're going. A lot of innocent people died. Really, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I would say it probably is the first time where the happy ending has not been, you know, um, present. That's, yeah. that's not that's a non that's not really an issue. I mean, you, you're you're really um, uh, you really your issue is to take people and blow, blow their minds with something pretty pretty uh, out of this world. Uh, that's the fundamental job, and and. You know, you know, many whole many horror films are, you know, hey, everybody's screwed in this thing. <laughs> That's it. You know. Um, but I think for Paul and I, it's like we want to say if you if everyone's screwed, we want to know why and the how and what was the meaning of it. Um it's 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 not enough um just doing it. It's like it's it just seems like um, you want to approach it with um, 
uh, uh, more depth. You know, it's like, a, you know, when we split the pitches in for the third, se- third season, I mean, Greg jumped at that. He said he got it, got it, you know, and was like, and said, yeah, this, this, we're doing this one. And um, um, because it just was, you, you could just see, oh, these are, this is a perfect collision. You know, it's a perfect, horrible collision that that's that's yeah. you know, um, and that was a great set they built. I love the set. It was just like, um, uh, and it was you know, it was it was it was there was a uh, uh, my funny thing is my wife has a habit of predicting things in episodes of TV shows I watch, and she, you know, and oftentimes she's right. But she, we're watching the show, and she goes, "Oh, I know what's going to happen." La, 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 la. She goes, looks over me, goes, "Oh, that's right. You know what happens." I said, "Yeah," and it's not that. <laughs> uh, part of you is probably funny. like, "We just quiet down and just watch." Well, like, well no, it was it was actually uh, you know actually meant something to me because I felt like she's really into this because when yeah, she's into it, good. she's like trying to figure it out. It's like, yeah. oh, wait a this is happening. I'm like, they, they start laughing because it was. She just it was a reflex that she just does. It's yeah. like well, the writer's sitting next to you and can tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> what yeah. is going to happen? Like, not going to happen. It's got to be a, a good. <laughs> oh, I just said, is it that predictable? Really? Oh, right. No. I say it's no, got to no. be a good feeling to to actually see somebody watching your stuff and, and see them be it be like that riveting to them. And that, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. also. You know, one of the things is also, it means like I, I on Twitter and I'll see uh, Walter Shaw wrote a really great piece on The Decider about it. And it's like, you go, whoa, this is like, we're, we're writing these really, like, like almost like rev- papers rather than reviews on the, you know, like, you know getting into the, the, the really like, okay, I guess this really hit with them, you know. Um, and we were, we were kind of thrilled by that because it's just, you know, that, we're glad that we've given the opportunity to do these and, and, and that um, they seem to have some kind of an impact. So I, when I see that, when I see that kind of stuff, I kind of know, I sort of go, Oh, okay. If this many people are saying that, then eh, probably it's pretty popular. I, I would imagine this, this one is pretty popular. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I, I never know. I, you know, I, 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 I could watch it and go, yeah, I, I, I sh- this should be popular, but you never know what a reaction is going to be until it, it actually happens. Right. Now, do you notice um, more you mentioned, you know, the, the review that the gentleman wrote, you said it felt like a paper and stuff. Do, do you feel um, you get a lot more of that kind of reaction from the horror community? Then you oh, yeah. with comedy, yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's, 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 there's the the the, the well, horror community actually is very, I have to say, is very um, uh, thoughtful. Yeah, you know they're um, they they're um, uh, I said, they have they have great manners. <laughs> they're very. They're, I I like to feel like we're really smart and really invested. In the very, horror, respect, in the very respectful, you know, yes. like, very respectful. Yes. Is like, because I, you know, I, I when I got into the, the, the twit on Twitter, and then I had a, a number of 
associates that were in comic books and animation and they were giving me all these warnings about this and that because that's a whole different crowd i guess i you yeah. know i don't know much about it but i've just found everyone's been very very nice and calm complimentary and um you know no one's out there trying to get into a fight it's just like i said okay you know so that's what i just thought it was interesting it was like that's that's a, a very pleasant Right. Most yeah, of us I, are very appreciative of people like yourself that that put your heart and you know your passion and love into projects like this, like Creep Show or, or you know whatever you're working on. So yeah, it's it's nice to have a such a supportive community. Yeah, because I, I understand you know the, the in the world of comedy writing there is no, there is no real community to speak of. So this is a for. Now, for Paul, of course, he's been going, had this, this kind of connection for most of his career. For me, it's only been since the show's been on that I'm going, oh, this is different. This is, you know, this is like a, a, a and, and it's great because it's sort of like, it's what I really, really wanted to do. And I'm doing it now. And that's, that's terrific. And it's opening some interesting doors. So it's cool. So, so go ahead. You mentioned opening doors. Is there, is there any more plans for, um, I know you probably can't say much about Creep Show yet, but um, maybe some more horror projects popping up. Um, you know, there have been some there there have been some calls. It's probably too early to say, but you know, since we're just like in a um, uh, uh, in a, a process with this one company we're talking to, um, they who seem pretty motivated. So you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, there's a big science fiction project that's got a pretty big director on um, that um, may be coming together and uh, uh, with an interesting uh, intellectual property behind it. And that was like uh, uh, a, a quite an experience writing it because it's like one of those things where you go like the, 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 the originator of the property had passed away. And, and it was one of those access to the creep show kind of moments of like going, uh, I feel like I'm writing this, but I feel like I'm having help. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was like, cause like I finished the thing and then the reaction to the script, my partner, the reaction of it, my partner, Zach and I had on that one was, they were, there was like, it was literally, I had this one person who was making notes and as they were, they had a bit in the red pen and I'm reading the notes and I watch as the, the notes get smaller and smaller and the, the pen has been thrown away. He's reading. And I go, Oh, I got him. And then everyone's like going, yeah, this is, you know, and I, and so I'm in my, I was in my office. I think I'd finished the script and I heard something thump on the floor, you know, like someone had dropped like a, you know, something fairly heavy on the floor. And I looked around and I go, oh, there's nothing here. And I'm like, well, maybe. (laughs) It was just that the script was, it just had its own power. It's very, it's, 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 so we'll see what happens with that. So there's that. And I'm working on a fantasy project with another company. Uh, They're they finished a draft of that. We're turning that we They're going to give us notes on that. And, um, um, and I have a finished a science fiction novel called The Stars of My Damnation. And I'm talking to a publisher who's interested. Um, 
And ironically, it was like I said, to, I had said, I'd set out to want to get a independent science fiction publisher for it. And as I learned more about Twitter, I said, you know, this is interesting. I see these publishers following me. I'm going to ask one of them if they want to read the book. <laughs> so I pushed the thing and I said, yes. They go, okay, what's your email? And then we go, sir. It's like, like, oh, okay. So as I say, you know, usually when I do something, when I'm on something, at least for me, like Creep Show, it leads to other things. You know, I can look at each show I did and how, I mean, uh, I, I think Silver Spoons probably led to the most because I ended up doing uh, that show, the Matthew Perry show because of it. Um, I did um, Family Matters because of it and they did Malcolm Eddie because of it. So I did like, like five different shows because of one show uh, because of that, that one, you know, pushed me through that, that many things. Um, but each thing I've done has been like, a, you know, even the independent film, the independent film I made uh, put me in connect, connection with Creepshow. And it also got me another, t- another TV series to work on. So it's like, it tends to be that like there's something, it, it generates something. You, know, you do something, it generates something um, for, for, for myself. And, um, and um, but now it's sort of like, it's, uh, uh, it's going into some interesting avenues. Uh, and, and it's a, you can kind of tell when people are, you say something and they get very, 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 very excited. And they say, well, they want to have meetings right away. And it's like, oh, okay, there's some energy here. You can just read the energy in the room. And you also can tell things when something like kind of slams down the door, like in a boom, you go like, oh yeah. yeah. This is this it doesn't mean it's like, it's like you're going, because then, you, then you, I go back and I realize I look like I've been trying to get certain things done over the years. And never get to get them done, but yet I come up with some new thing, and suddenly they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah let's do this." So it's like, you know, it, it's some things I just believe. There's things that want to get made, and things that don't want to get made. Right. Uh, I think the, one of the best cases in point is the one the Terry Gilliam movie about uh, the Man of La Mancha movie that he was going to make with Johnny Depp. Um, like there's a whole documentary about him trying to make this movie. He didn't get made. Um, and it was just like you couldn't believe it was the storms and everything going wrong. I mean, just nightmares, actors dying, whatever. It was like the film didn't want to get made. I, I and then he made the film, and then it came to con, and then the producer sued and it became a whole mess. And you know, it's just like it just it was one of those things where something is just just the the movie gods are against you, you know. Right. Right. <clears throat> hey, so I wanted to uh jump back to family matters for a sure. minute um so it's one of my favorite shows growing up i loved it um yeah. especially the halloween episodes so you know knowing that you dig horror like we do did you favor you know when it came time to start writing for those and, and working on yeah. the well you know the thing was was that show was the showrunner uh and a few of us were big big horror and science fiction fans, as you might have noticed. Yeah. There was a, a thing with us. Um, we had the, you know, so when like we did Stevel, um, which turned out to be, oh, what? We did Stevel and Stevel 2, which of course is Steve Urkel as an evil puppet. 
So I'm like, okay, great. So what we did was we said we were doing Stevel too, and this was the most fun, one of the most fun things was we have an audience of 250 people. We have them up in the, um, you know, sitting in there in the, the bleachers, and uh, <clears throat> they said, well, let's run Stevel one on the monitors before we begin shooting Stevel two. So we're running it up there. And the audience is like cringing and scared, like, like, like they're screaming and all of a sudden I'm like, going, oh, this is great. This is hysterical. <laughs> it actually works like a horror movie. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, they were just like, it was the most fun watching them because they were just having a great, but they were like, we were really genuinely scaring the pants off them. And it was like, oh, that was fun. And then we go right into Steve too and more of the same, but it was but we, you know, we had never, our audience sees it filmed, but they see it filmed in chunks and bits and pieces. But for to see it all packaged together, it was like, it was like, oh, that's, that's pretty fun. That's, that's, um, I, that's the thing where you go, you, you can see the enticement of like, boy, yeah, writing a horror movie. That's pretty cool if you can do that. If you can get a whole audience to lurch, you know, or sweat or go, oh my God, you know. That's quite fun, yeah. It, it makes me wish I had been around back in the the old days when uh, they'd use all like the gimmicks, like William Castle stuff. You know, like the gimmicks in the theaters and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh, I only went through one gimmick, uh, which was Smellovision, but it was like it was this gag the thing they did with one of um, John um, Waters movies um, and they had a they had a card they would give you and it was one of the Vines movies blanking oh it's it's the famous it's the famous one it became like it may have remade a hundred uh, a few times and um, I think New Line remade it as a big movie um, with Amanda Bynes was in it and um, John Travolta was in it, and Christopher Walken was in it. Oh, Hairspray. Is that the Hairspray. one? Hairspray. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Hairspray. Was it Hairspray? Was it... Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. No, what's the, there was one, it was, it was, no, I think, I think it was before, before Hairspray. People are going to be listening and be like, you guys, it's, it's an easy one. I know, I know. somebody's at home yelling this. I'm right sure now. Really there's like, probably it, a, John Come on, guys. Yeah. Disappointed in, in the Steven Crypto. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a mostly horror show. Could have, you know, give, give us a break. Could have been hairspray. Let's go with that John Waters film. But it was, but it was a, a little card. <laughs> what happened in the movie theater was she'd be smelling, like sniffing at something, and then they blink a number, six, and you'd scratch the card and you'd smell whatever she was smelling. <laughs> that, that, was, yeah. that was that was the extent of it. It was like you know, I, my understanding of the real smell of vision was was that the problem with it was you couldn't get the smells out in time, right? For the next one. Yeah. Could you imagine if they did smell of vision? Family matters. It'd just be cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I did. I did go. I did go to Sensor. That that I did experience. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was where they had these big speakers and it was like earthquake was the movie and it was right. effective actually because they 
they turned him way up and, and you, you felt it yeah. You felt, yeah. it yeah you felt you felt the vibrations right so I don't like... there weren't that many movies that required that effect yeah i think the yeah. only thing i've done is 3d movies which i didn't really appeal to me that much but those were the good days when going to the movies was an event more than just a going to the movie, you know. But, um, back to your stuff. Uh, when you write an episode, like you mentioned being on set, so is that a normal thing? So you write your episode, send uh, it in, yeah. or do they bring you on set most of the time to kind of well, when involved. I'm on staff on a show, I'm on set, but these are just were written. And plus, because of COVID, we couldn't. I, I, I could have. I, I mean, I, I could, wasn't allowed to go to set on the last two because of right. COVID restrictions. Just weren't. It wasn't an option. Right. So, it, without, well, when you put together an episode, are you? Did they just contact and say? Uh, pitch us some ideas or do they say we have this idea turn it into a story no we just paul and i just just generate a bunch of stories and they pick from that stat list yeah we just generate a bunch of stories and then they just go and um and then good then greg paul and i get on the phone and we start yakking and you know riffing on how to do it without giving anything away out of all the stories and ideas that haven't been used that you guys mm-hmm. have come up with for creep show have you taken any of those and tried to make something new you know off on the side have you tried to turn them into something you know not creep show related not really no um you know because there's usually generally about i think there's probably we did about approximately 20 ideas between the seasons something like that something like around 20 um and they ended up buying four and the fourth one they we know we couldn't figure out how to physically do it so we just uh, abandoned that one um uh but keep in mind but also keep in mind it's like uh when we did skin crawlers <clears throat> they bought another one in skin crawlers and skin crawlers got made the other one didn't and then um the when the, the second season got picked up, they immediately bought the right stuff from the first season pitches. So um, uh, they don't necessarily, they, I mean, they, they do go back and look, you know, so I go, I said, well, I so I don't really um, uh, talk about those. Cause I go, they might, they may, they may, they may they've gone back and looked before. So, uh, you right. know, okay. I, 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 I Yes, like I, I, you know, I, I, and and basically, we like to keep, you know, they like to keep these things, you know, under lock and key until the time comes out. But uh, you never know. I mean, there's just sometimes where you know, you know, they're like, we'll get a call from Greg and say, hey, what, what did you think about? Did you think about a so and so? And they say, oh yeah, it's over here. Yeah, but, uh, that was. Just- I was just thinking, you know, I'd, I'd hate for you to write up something really good that you're passionate about and then have it be lost. Like, well, shit, I can't use that, you know, down the road. So, well, that's why I was you know, about it. it's the thing is, is that uh, each one of the things or projects that were like Paul and I would work on, 
there's a significant amount of work. So it's like you could have a lot of ideas, but you're not going to be able to get to really effectively try to set up 20, 20 ideas. You know, it's like not, it's not likely. Um, you know, there are certain ones that go well. Um, uh, that you work on uh, that um, uh, uh, that you just have to you're spending time with that and then it gets intensive and you in addition to the other things like taking out the garbage you know <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff fun stuff you know it's just like you you just it's just a limitation and some things you go well I mean when pitching ideas you're taking pot shots you're going well maybe it's, maybe this will work you know and in the case of the right stuff, Greg knew how to do something we hadn't figured out. And he'd figured it out over the break of, oh, you do it like this. I said, I know how to do, I know how to do this. And I said, I said, oh, okay, great. So then we did it and we did that and that became uh, became what it became. But um um uh yeah, so that's basically it with that. Okay, well, um, we're getting close on time. We've taken enough of your time, I believe. Um, I have one quick little question about the Subaraya episode. The name, Subaraya, is it based on the, the Godzilla Ultraman? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, because that's kind of a... Uh, the, the original title was The Last Kikuchi. Right. And there were some that said... Well, you know, that sounds a little anatomical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little like, yeah, I, I, I don't know where the name can't that name came from, but we didn't argue the point. And he and Greg said, let's do Subaraya. And we said, Yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah, that sounds had, a little that sounds a lot cooler than yeah, I think it's no one's gonna feel weird about that one. Yeah. No one's gonna feel weird about that one. The first one was like, yeah, like, oh you know. You know, the thing is, is that, you know, when you're writing, it's a lot of it is about fixing, fixing mistakes before they, before you see them, you know, you know, it's just, you know, things that you, you just want to make sure that, oh, that's a mistake. You don't want to see that. No, fix that. Cause it, that doesn't make sense. Like we had like the, the balance of Giza and the billionaire and how you write that relationship. It's a very careful thing. You, you you don't want to let it fall into an abusive situation. You know, you got to give her, her her due. So it's very, very, it's a very difficult um, one to, 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 to play uh, because of, of uh, the, 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 the financial arrangement he's made. But certainly what we think he did was we showed, well, th- th- this is, now that she's revealed the deepness of who he is, it allows you to say, oh, screw this. I'm not doing this anymore. So it's like, yeah, there's a very, very, you know, you're looking at a little fine, fine edges to get these things right. Right. And you got to convey all this and show all this in just a short time to oh, yeah. just this whole, build this whole story that could almost be a feature film in what is it a 15 minute 20, 20 minute yeah oh yeah well i mean i i've done that my whole career you know uh right. i know you know and rod serling you know did it twilight zone uh, exceptionally well um, oh yeah you know you go it's, it's just uh 
uh, it's, I remember on Skin Crawlers, one of the producers apologized to me. So we didn't get to the ending stage the way you wanted to. And I said, does the creature get killed? He said, yeah. I said, that's the way I wanted it. I know. It's like, it's, it's, it's too expensive to have someone run across the street and, and go into a hotel or whatever. You've got a cheap way to, cheaper way to do it that's maybe funnier or more, you know, um, makes a good point. And again, I, and they did, they did. And I'm going, hey, great. Because my, you know, my job as the writer is just to make the narrative work. You know, make the, make the, make the magic. If you can make that magic, whatever that magic may be, you go like, okay, that's the reason. That's the reason this is happening. Uh, which can be the, t- the toughest thing. The magic, the magic on skin crawlers was probably the hardest of the three to find. Um, but uh, I think someone from Shutter rec- suggested something in that area, and we did, did some research. And Paul found some research and his, said, "Oh yeah, yeah, there's some basis to this." And said, "Okay," and then it actually worked out really well because you got to see the reporter's head blow off, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. I loved how the creature got killed in that episode. The uh, yeah, that like was the, 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 the irony was, of this creature that was irony, sucking yeah, a fat out everybody got smushed with the candy bar machine. Like, yeah, yeah. he got uh, killed by snacks. Was, like, they, that was. But see, that's the great thing. What they do is, is that there are some things where they go, they go, well, we can't afford to do this, but they come up with a clever answer. It forces them to be creative. In fact, coming up with a better solution. In that case, on the page, uh, that was a better solution. But that's the kind of thing is that you kind of have to be in the space of the set to go. Oh, there's a candy machine over there. Well, wait a minute, we could do this. Yeah, and that's kind of ironic. Yeah, it is. You know, that's they seem to do that a lot on on Creep Show. There's like um, these little. Uh, it's literally just just so happened to be kind of moments like that, like yeah, I mean it's just it's just it's creative staging i mean i think the the in the in the the reverse draft of Subaraya, we had a thing uh where it was he's turning into the monster, he realized what's happening, he jumps out the window and splatters on the ground. Uh, they pick up his body and the blood looks like the, the painting. Um, that was the first version of it. But what they did, what they figured out the ending was much better. And actually very surprised because it's like it's that camera move from left to right behind Wade where, you, where the transformation of uh, Subaraya happens and you go, you go, what? You know, so it's actually cooler the way they did it. Um, but we that's one of the things we just like we kept going over and over that one little thing, trying to figure out the best way that they came up to figure it out. And then just by matter of the nature of uh, what we can do and what we can do, a better a better solution was found, I think. Right. That, uh, I think it's very effective. And and, and I mean, because there's a great thing is is that when the, the creature is speared, you're going. Oh, is the creature going to come alive and pull him in? We're thinking all, all, all the different possibilities, but none of them are the things that are going to happen. Right. Yeah, I definitely thought he was going to jump out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was, it was, but it was uh, that the, the, 
the, but the, the, the violence that he inflicted upon himself, I think was more satisfying. Right. In a way that he had to put himself in the ultimate pain to avoid this. Yeah. In his mind. Yeah. Yeah. He did kind of have to go, but yeah. it, was, it was good that he took this with him when he went. Yeah. He had that one last almost bit of redemption there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still sucked, but he yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> he sucked. Uh, he sucked completely. But, anyways, hey, Steve, thanks for hanging out well, with us sure. on the Steve and Crypto Show. Yeah. It was fun Very chatting much. and hearing all these cool stories and learning stuff that we don't really get to hear about every day. We just okay. watched we just watched the final product, but it's cool to hear about how it comes together. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah. Um before sure. we run, um, people listening, where's the best place to find you on social media so they could keep up on what you're working on? Uh S Langford Scare uh on Twitter. Um that's the uh Stephen Let me see where's I'll look and see what it says here. Uh yeah. Stephen Langford at S. Langford Scare. Yes, there you guys go. Follow him. And I'll follow you back, too. And he'll follow you back. That's how That's how we connected on Twitter. It was like uh, I tweeted something about Creepshow, and I believe he followed me, and I looked at his profile, and was like, right around Creepshow, and just kind of snowballed from there, and here we are on the Stephen Crypto Show talking about Creep Show with one of the writers of some of the my favorite episodes, actually. Especially, I love the Subaraya one. Yeah, that episode you. was cool, man. I loved it. Um, but thank you. And you're welcome. Let's uh, thank you very much. Chat again sometime okay. down the road when when your uh, book comes out or when you get that big sci-fi project together, and once that gets going, it will. Fingers crossed. Okay, thanks. Make it happen. Take care. All right. Thank you. Good evening, my victims. It is I, Malvolia, the queen of screams. You can see all my latest episodes on YouTube. And now you're listening to the Steve and Crypto Show. Hey, we are back. Thank you to Stephen Langford for taking the time to tell us a little about his career and, um, interesting stuff that he might have in the works hopefully he keeps going with creep show because his episodes have have been really good Uh, especially we hope to have him hope to have him back on in the future especially the the recent one the last subaraya one which is really cool um i i did you catch in that scene i don't know why it just resonated with me as like one of the coolest fucking scenes i've seen on creep show so far like after the well, when they were like investigating the crime scene at the end and like they show they pan by the window and the lightning flashes and you see like the outline silhouette and blood of of the dude on the window yeah. i just thought that was the coolest yeah. thing ever i don't know but anyways um yeah Stephen langford i, I really enjoy like we I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt we didn't get to really talk about it with Steven too much, but uh, I, I really enjoy how they piece the show together. Sometimes like they'll just have the, like the shot of the, of an actual comic book open and then you oh, just yeah, hear the yeah. audio in the background. Like they're piecing a scene together without actually doing it, you know, without like physically doing it. 
Yeah, yeah. But you're yeah. just kind of hearing the audio, like they're stepping in like, a room or doing this, doing that. Yep. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah, I've always oh. enjoyed that. And the colors too. Like when you when you brought up kind of the shot, you know, in the yeah. in the window or whatever. Just you know, like when they open the door and you see the super rise standing there, you yeah. see the colors in the background behind him that are usually in like a comic book panel, but in like the real exactly yeah. they still find a way to put those actual colors like the the bright color you know from the comics the, in yep. the show and yeah. it's just really cool really it's cool. fascinating i dig it it's good man they got, like a, take that couch. they got a good they got a good team putting that show together i'm glad it's i'm glad it's a thing that's for sure but um yeah, yeah. steven Lang, steven langford will have a link to his twitter and uh go find him if 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 you can like he said, he'll follow you back. He's super interactive. He's a nice guy. So go follow him. Um, yeah. Visit our Buy Me a Coffee page, buymeacoffee.com slash Steve Crypto. Show us some love there. Keep sharing the show on social media. Spread the word. Make sure you head over to Fright Rags and pick up some of the Chucky gear. Pick up some of the new Haddonfield gear, the reprints, all that. Go over there, just get you some pajamas, get it all. Use the code CRYPTO10. That's CRYPTO10. We'll save you a couple bucks at checkout. That's fright-rags.com. Go check them out. And uh, that's about it for this week. I think I'm going to go track down the ice cream truck and get me a Choco Taco and uh, call it a day. So we've been to Steve and Give me some money! (laughs) We've been the Steven Crypto Show. Um, Crypto is going to go try to get some money so he gets some ice cream too. But yeah, never mind. I'm not going to go into the Eddie Murphy bit. It's inappropriate. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he's like, he's on welfare and his dad's an alcoholic. And <laughs> but anyways. Oh, kids are assholes just rubbing yes, that in. <laughs> yes. You ain't getting no ice cream. Yep. <laughs> Damn, that was a good that that whole uh, right. stand up special was good. But yes, we've been the Stephen Crypto Show. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Go turn this off and go buy yourself a Choco Taco or maybe a Spider Man popsicle. There you go. Peace. <laughs>